there. Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson. I'm here to dish out practical advice to help you elevate your business and your life. I'm the CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services here in Nashville, Tennessee. So you know we're going to be covering ground in the real estate industry. But you'll also be hearing from expert leaders in the personal development and entrepreneurship communities. So pull up a seat because we're about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. I'm proud to be on the Founders Advisory Board of Studio Bank. Let me tell you a little bit about them. Studio Bank is passionate about what their members create, and they're here to support you through the process. They provide capital and services to build businesses. They offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first-time homebuyer or purchasing your fifth home. They work with artists to reach their audiences. They help nonprofits transform the community. And often the most important work they do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. They're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 1761767. Hey guys, welcome to the Moving Up podcast with Christy Wilson. And that's me. I'm excited that you've joined in today. With me is my sidekick, Heather Warmbrod. And Heather will be joining us almost every time, as well as a multitude of guests who are experts in their own fields. So get ready and listen up. Hello, Heather. Hello, Christy. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? Doing well. Another beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is. And another great day to be in real estate. It absolutely is. So I thought it'd be really interesting today, Heather, to talk about what's been going on this past six, seven months of 2021, which has been the bidding wars. I mean, we've been talking about it for months. We've been watching it happen. And now as summer is drawing to an end, we have felt these last two months sort of feel a shift in the marketplace. And one thing we've talked about a little bit is, is this just typical, you know, July, August type end of summer activity, which typically settles off, or is it a true shift in the market? What have you been seeing, Heather? Right. So I can tell you, I have definitely seen the market cool off just what I've dealt with personally in the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had buyers at multiple price points and the buyers that have been over 500,000, it's not been a multiple offer situation like we experienced several weeks ago. Yeah. Now the lower price points under 200,000, I've not seen a lot of change in that area. But like I said, the higher price points for sure, I've seen a little bit of a shift. So it'll be interesting to see if it's just typical July, August, or if this is something bigger. You're a heck of an agent if you're finding things under 200,000 in Middle Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Good job. Well, so we're going to talk about the bidding wars and their cooling off and how to prepare for a shift if you're a real estate agent and how to prepare your clients for this shift because we have all been inundated with media and the reality in which we're living on this bidding war. So what happens when the market starts to tilt in buyer's favor? And here's sort of what I think agents need to be thinking through, preparing for and learning about how to better serve their future clients, because it's not going to be like this forever as we're experiencing now. You know, we've had the low inventory, property selling with 
within hours, limited showings, lines of people. I mean, good night. I've been to so many people, especially during COVID, where you are lined up to get into the house. Yes. So, you know, a lot of that could be changing and how to handle the objections of your sellers and the excitement of your buyer. Because if you're new in the market as a realtor, this is the only market you know. Mm -hmm. And for us that have been in it for a very long time, this has been unprecedented. We've never seen a market like that. So despite all the craziness in the real estate market, not every buyer you were able to buy with last year, this past year, has been able to buy. And there were so many buyers getting priced out, growing tired, you know, that buyer weariness Mm -hmm. of putting offers in, stretching way beyond their comfort zone. You know, a lot of them just stepped out. They said, man, I'm done. And then there was a lot of sellers who did not want to put their homes on the market because their number one concern was, where am I going to go? Mm -hmm. And I know you've had that conversation with many of these people. So for all of you agents listening out there, incubate, incubate, incubate. Anyone you've been talking to or have worked with over the past year who have stepped to the sideline, make sure you're staying in touch with them and not just with a random phone call. I mean, show up and add value to what they're trying to achieve. So if it's a buyer, let them know, hey, things are cooling off a little. And and hear me loud and clear. Things aren't, prices aren't dropping. Right. Inventory isn't magically super increasing, but it's shifting to where things are becoming a little bit more stable. We are not seeing any decrease in price. What we're seeing are people putting those pie in the sky prices out there and now having to reduce pricing. Mm-hmm. We've seen that a ton over the, you know, July and August here where people thought, well, if Bob and Kelly got, you know, a million dollars for their house, my house has to be worth 1.2. It's like, no, you're probably still worth 900. Right. You know? yes. <laughs> <laughs> so be talking to those folks you've been talking to over the past year, if you will, you know, and make sure you're bringing information of value about what is happening in not only your market, but in your micro market. I know Nashville isn't the only market that has micro markets. In in the West Nashville area, Mm -hmm. there's so many different neighborhoods of the activity being specific to that neighborhood. So be that value add to those folks. And this could totally reawaken their desire to want to sell, thinking, oh, they sell my house and then buy something else, right? Right. And these buyers like, oh, maybe now's the time. Which brings along the case that buyers may have longer decision times. Right, which is really nice. Like you were just telling me about a couple of your buyers. They had, you know, more than an hour to walk through a house and think about it, about Mm -hmm. what they're going to do. Yeah, which would not have happened in May. Yeah, at all, at all. I mean, it's just really, I can't wait for us to get back to a little bit of normalcy where you have maybe even a 24-hour, heck, Mm -hmm. maybe a 12-hour Time frame to make a decision. Right. Everyone right. makes a little bit of better decision if you have just a minute. You know, I don't see it going where someone has 48 hours to make a decision unless the property is extremely overpriced. But as the market does change from blazing hot to a little bit lukewarm, time does become a friend to the buyer. Absolutely. And also, they may be less inclined to put an offer in on every house they see thinking, hey, this is it nothing better is going to come along. Right. They can actually slow down, see what homes check the boxes and make that decision. That's right. That's right. Additionally, I would say if the market is shifting, we'll probably be seeing more in-person showings as well as the 
well, who knows what's going to happen with the pandemic. That's anybody's guess on yes. any given day. Not to play light on that, but it is it right. changes daily. Information changes daily. But we've gotten so many offers over the past seven months of someone who wants to relocate to Middle Tennessee or wherever. They put an offer on the property, sight unseen, contingent on inspection. They fly in for inspection. They, you know, Maybe they don't like how the crown molding is, whatever. They, they may right. walk just based on that. Not a fan. Christy Wilson was not a fan <laughs> of the sight unseen showing or the sight unseen offer. Makes me very nervous. I didn't see many succeed. I mean, we've had, we've, well, let me say this. We've had our fair share of successes with the sight unseen, mm-hmm. but when, as a listing agent, it had to be really compelling for me to encourage my folks to take a sight unseen offer. I just feel like you just open potentially opened yourself up for disaster because you took that house off the market for those five days for those buyers to fly in. They happen. All good. What I'm hoping might happen is that those slow down just a little bit. And Heather, you and I were talking a little bit about this earlier today, the return of the tire kickers. Oh, yay fun. <laughs> yay fun. <laughs> I have not seen this yet, the tire kickers. For those of you who don't know what a tire kicker <laughs> is, it is that person who's looking at property. That's sort of their hobby. Mm-hmm. They, they're hobby open house people. They love to go in houses. They love Zillow. They love Real Tracks. They love Realtor.com. And by God, there's a bargain to be had out there. So they're going to go into all these houses, kick the tires, see if they can get a smoking hot deal. Right. And with this shift, I don't think we're going to be seeing smoking hot deals either. Right. I'm with you on your comments on value. Just watching the market, we have not seen a decrease in the values. So I don't think there's any deals to be had at this point. Not in Middle Tennessee. It's it's still very, very competitive and you will pay market value. So I was going to ask you really quick. So for our listeners who are newer, newer agents, how do you handle the tire kickers? Because as a new agent, really, you're just excited to help anyone. Mm -hmm. And so you may find yourself in a position of working with clients like this who just might buy someday. Right. What are some tactics, some things that you can, you can kind of tell some new agents to help them? Sure. That's a great question. So I'll go back to when I was a brand new agent, I would work with anybody. Mm-hmm. I just wanted the practice of showing houses, of doing market analysis. I wanted a real life person. So I did work with some tire kickers when I was new because it was a great practice. Right. Right. You're getting out there with people. You're talking to other agents. You're you may be submitting offers back then that were low, you know, because they were tire kickers, mm-hmm. but it helped sharpen your negotiating skills. So if you are brand spanking new and you don't have your business set up yet, this is just good practice. It's it's like hypothetical situation. Now, there will come a time when you're going to need to cut these people free. If if they're cut them loose, if they are never going to buy, then you're going to get to a point of you're wasting your time and you're not learning anything new because mm-hmm. you've gotten that practice. So let's say you're an agent on five or six closings, and then you come across tire kickers. Because again, if you're a brand new agent, we haven't seen that many tire kickers here lately. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you have, that your business is starting to gain traction. So I would say asking clarifying questions and you have to decide, does this help my business or does this hurt my business? 
right? If you see this person as perhaps a great referral source, they have a lot of friends, they're super engaged in the community, they could pass your name along, say, oh my God, Heather was amazing to work with. She got us into all these houses. She had the patience of Job. She was ready at the willing, within reason, guys. Heather and I totally believe in boundaries. And when you're brand new, you don't have a lot of boundaries because you just want the business. But if you're doing it a little bit, you establish some boundaries of when you're going to be showing. But you need to ask clarifying questions to them also of, okay, if you're going to get a loan, we need to have that pre-approval letter. Mm-hmm. And that's number one. You never, even the tire kickers, you, you don't want to be driving them around if they can't buy right. anything. So have your checklist of things that you go through with them beforehand. Clarifying questions, getting that pre-approval letter, mm-hmm. maybe setting some expectations for boundaries. Setting expectations for boundaries. And also, what are their expectations? What is it that they actually want to buy? Mm-hmm. You know, what is their comfort level? I, I never ask somebody, how much do you want to pay? Right. My question is, what is your comfort level in payment? Unless it's a cash buyer, that person will have a payment. Mm-hmm. And if it's a brand new buyer, they probably have no idea what a $350,000 mortgage payment will buy if they haven't done all the mortgage calculators yet. So if someone tells me, oh, my um, my budget, I'd be really comfortable at $800 a month. That's not going to buy anything unless you have a monster down payment. Right. Right. So I want to know that out the gate. And with a tire kicker, that's a great way to address that with them of what their comfort level is in payment. And then run numbers backwards or have the lender run numbers backwards for them to back into what that purchase price would be. Right. You know, that's a great tip. That's a great tip. And I will second with what you say. I know when I first started, um, I worked with several people and we saw so many houses. Mm -hmm. And at the time I thought, oh my goodness, this is going to last forever. Hindsight, I went in so many houses yeah, and so many neighborhoods that really just helped me with knowledge and able to help other people, other buyers, even other sellers that, yes, I've been in at least six of these homes in this neighborhood and I can tell you the condition. That's right. So it, it you know, it, it is helpful. And then you, from there, once you see the condition, you can do market analysis is so much easier. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been on that one, that one, that one. And just walking through houses, there's so much to learn when you walk into a house as a new agent of things to look for. You know, is there crown molding? What's What kind of framing is there? Are those holocore doors? Are those solid doors? Right. Are those good windows? Are there really cruddy windows? Is the seal broken? Have they started to fog up? Oh my gosh, are the gutters overflowing? Are those three-inch gutters or four-inch gutters or five-inch gutters? You know, there's millions of things that as a new agent and Heather, I remember when you were brand new and you came with me and you were shadowing me mm-hmm. on that very first listing appointment and you were so cute. I mean, I love this woman. She's just so brilliant. She asked me these questions like, how did you know to look at that? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm just used to it. You're so very methodical in all your thinking. And I'm like the whirling dervish that yeah. moves really fast. And I leave a lot of stuff in my wake, hopefully happy stuff. And yes, <laughs> always. But so Heather makes this awesome worksheet on what to be looking for when you go into a house, down to the baseboard. Okay, are the, is that two-inch base or is that four, five-inch base, depending on the age of the house? It's like, wow, that was brilliant. So, And we use that today at the Wilson Group Real Estate Services. That was a brilliant thing that we could pass on. And a lot of times our tire kickers are actually, right now, our sellers who are very nervous to get into the buy game 
because they know their house will sell quickly for a lot of money, but they know they're going to have to buy for a lot of money and they're going to have to buy quickly. Mm -hmm. Again, maybe not as quickly as it was February through July or the end of June, but still um, move quickly. So they're going to want to look at a lot of things if there are a lot of things to look at. And, and make sure that they have that security, you know, for themselves and their family, that they're going to be able to make this transition without being homeless. Right. right? So, so they may be potential tire kickers too and get out and look at 10, 12 homes and say, me, what we have is better. We're still going to sit on the sidelines, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to circle back around to our very first tip about incubate, incubate, incubate. Oh yeah. Those sellers who are also buyers, I mean keep them in your fold. Don't get frustrated. Just keep keep on keeping on because mm-hmm. they will eventually do something. Right. I agree. That was tire kickers. But as we were talking about earlier, we've touched on this already. As this market does appear to be shifting, pricing becomes more important than ever. Like we've talked about those sellers throwing those pie in the sky mm-hmm. numbers out there. People are just aghast. I'm aghast at what I see. And I sort of laugh Yeah, too. I mean, not making fun, but I'm going, oh my God, y'all. I mean, one of my favorite yeah. expressions is people in hell want ice water. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> heard you say that. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of ice water or there's a lot of hell. I don't know. Yeah. But as a new agent in this market, it's imperative to get a grip on what real pricing is. Yes. I've seen a lot of price reductions, the emails of the areas that I watch. Reduction, reduction, reduction. Right. And I was talking to one of our other agents this morning about pricing, and you need to price your home where it should be priced. Not what you hope to get, but where it should be priced. The market will tell you if it's going to go higher or if you're going to be having to negotiate down. You cannot underprice a listing in Nashville, Tennessee or Middle Tennessee. If you underprice a listing or if you come in at market, you're going to either get market or you're going to get a little bit higher. I don't think we're in the the white hot, you know, 20 offers right now. I don't think we may be. I, I just haven't felt it in the past six weeks. Right. I have not either. But pricing it accurately and let the market tell you what you're going to get is is crucial mm-hmm. because what Heather, what you just said, once you start dropping that price, then you're chasing the market and you've lost that momentum. You've lost that energy. Now the big sell on that is having the sellers understand that who all they've heard from their colleagues, mm-hmm. from their families, from their neighbors is, Oh my God, you can get at least a hundred or $200,000 more than that. They, your realtor just wants to sell this quick. I yes. know that's all that realtor <laughs> wants to do. It's like, no, we, we hear the here's the data. We can bring the data of why your house is going to be priced or what the value of your house probably will be. The market will tell us if it's going to be above or below. Very true. Yep. Educating your seller. It's important to be competent, confident, and have the data to help support. And Heather, I can't remember if you and I have talked about this before or not. Well, I was at a conference one time and it was all realtors and lenders and Annika Sorensen, the female uh, pro golfer, was our guest speaker. And it was set up in a conversational tone. The, the, question, the person interviewing her was sitting on a stool. She was sitting on a stool. One of the questions from the audience was, do you ever play golf for fun? Mm-hmm. She stopped dead, looked at the question, person who posed the question and said, do you ever sell real estate for fun? And so when I go on listing appointments and people want 
you know, I want to price my house 200,000 over. I'm like, Hey man, yeah, I'm not in this for fun. Right. I am serious about selling real estate. I am serious about getting you as much money as I can get you for your house as the market will demonstrate to you for your house. But I'm not here to play games. Right. I don't have the time, the inclination, or the patience to do it. Yeah, this is a career for us. And I think you can repeat that every podcast. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay that's okay. <laughs> and it's great information. And when sellers realize that, that's like, oh, wow, she's willing to walk away mm-hmm. from this because they're thinking it's easy money. And it's like, it's never easy money. Selling a home has over 100 touch points that you have to get from contract to close. And none of it is really, I mean, putting the sign in the yard is easy. Right. Putting a lockbox on a house is easy. Taking the pictures is fun. Yeah. After that, (laughs) it's it's just, there's a lot of touch points that have to happen and a lot of expectation management. Anyways, the next thing I think that we may be seeing as the market shifts a little bit is prepping the home for sale. Yes. So many of my sellers and Heather, I'd be curious what your sellers say too. Don't think they need to do anything that they, you know, there's a thousand buyers out there that's going to, they don't, they won't care that my windows are dirty or that there's two inches of dust on my ceiling fan. I have heard that, but you know, I have a checklist, which I'm sure you probably already guessed that Yes. for my sellers. And I really explain the reasons behind it um, in kind of a a buyer's perspective for that. Mm -hmm. So even if they feel like if they try to start the conversation of they don't need to do it. A lot of the things on my checklist don't necessarily cost money. Exactly. It's just time and effort. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to hire someone to do it, okay, fine. But a lot of the things just need to be done because buyers make a decision in the first few minutes of walking into a home of how they feel about it, no matter how hot the market is. And I think they make that decision on the front porch. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... So probably my top five things to my seller is that curb appeal is critical. Mm -hmm. I mean, no bugs in your light fixtures on your front porch, no cobwebs, a fresh mat, paint your house if it needs painting, paint your porch if it needs painting, make sure the landscape is cleaned up. I mean, that outside curb appeal is number one to draw them in. Mm -hmm. Even a gross mailbox. I mean, some of those metal mailboxes will get moldy or just road dirt on them. And I know that sounds crazy, but just as clean and fresh. So when a buyer comes to the house, they're they're seeing their happy future. Mm -hmm. They may be coming from either an old nasty rental property or a, you know, a house that they're, they've got three kids and they're in 1500 square feet and they just want to look at what their new clean life will be. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, don't put a hand up in the face, right? Make your first, first impression. Great. But that, and my second thing that is so much bang for the buck is cleaning your windows. Yes. I mean, having those windows professionally cleaned is a game changer. Of course, minimizing all your personal things. Mm-hmm. Super important. Yeah, declutter. Declutter and cleaning light fixtures. People don't realize the cobwebs and the dust that get on light fixtures and the the amount of Windex needed to clean a light fixture. Yeah. <laughs> that is a lot. It is indeed. So having those checklists when you get with the seller, and none of those things we just talked about cost money. Right, That's they just don't. time. That's just time. time. Unless you want to pay somebody to come into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sure makes a difference. So another thing we may be seeing as we may feel a shift is longer marketing times. And this goes back to what we talked about in um, where the buyer may have a little bit of time mm-hmm. to make a decision. Also goes back to the expectations we we love to talk about. 
Right, right. Let, letting your buyer know, your seller know, okay, don't freak out if your house is on the market for more than 14 days. Well, you know, I'm okay with this because I really enjoy the marketing piece. Mm -hmm. And in this market, I've really not had a chance to showcase the listings Mm -hmm. and get, you know, a lot of the printed materials out and brochures and because it's like, gosh, get the pictures back, hits the market under contract. And so a lot of those things that you're able to do before with pushing it out on social media just fly so quickly. So, you know, this is good. And for me, I'm like, nope, I want it gone in one day. (laughs) But Heather is the master marketer. I am not. I am a, um, we just bring different skill sets to the table. But I love her marketing. It's gorgeous. Just gorgeous. When you have longer marketing time, that also creates more opportunity to communicate with your seller about what's going on, what you're doing, how you're pushing that listing how you're doing everything you can to get them the most money and the least amount of time with the least amount of stress to mm-hmm. them and taking all of that off of them. Remember the days of the dedicated website for your listing? Oh, yeah. Where did those go? That's so <laughs> funny you say that. A uh, email hit my inbox earlier today on this beautiful listing. I pass it all the time going to our Green Hills office. And I've been enamored with this house ever since they built it. And it came on. And she sent out the website on, I mean, she had the most beautiful marketing piece oh. and it was just cause I love this house. Of course I click it. We get yeah, so many of these emails, sure. but I rarely go through them right. with a fine tooth comb. And she did an excellent job. This realtor did. To You'll your have point, to show me. Yes. I, I will show you, <laughs> but I thought the exact same thing. I thought, oh my goodness, I have not done a website for my listings in a very long time. Right. The, the you just haven't just had there. to. You don't have time to, because like I said, it, they sell quick enough. Right, right. So be willing to shift gears quickly with that client if, if you have overextended in the market and you need to come back down to reality. that That's an, another thing on the marketing time. Don't let it be on there too long. You know, get it down to reality. Another thing I think that's interesting, I always wonder, I'm like, oh my gosh, in this surge of 2021, really all of 2020 through the pandemic and 2021, did people overpay? Mm-hmm. Have they overpaid? And I don't think we have a clear enough crystal ball to know that. I don't think we have, but that's something if we ever did see a significant market shift. And I don't think we're seeing a significant market shift. I feel like we're calling it a shift, but it's really a shift to normalcy. Right. You know, it's not a downward trajectory or anything at all to be scared about. But back in 08 and 09, when people had were starting to sell who had paid really high for in 07, 06, 07, we had to have those conversations about being upside down mm-hmm. in your house and what a short sale looks like. Or if you have the cash to bring to closing, if you can't get what back out of it, what you paid for. I don't think we're near that in any way. I look at the clients I've represented. I, I think any house that I've sold, they could put back on the market today and either get what they paid for it sure. or, or darn close sure. or, or more. Right. But but we watch this closely, you know. And one thing good too, the lending practices have been so strong for the past 10 years that it hasn't created opportunity for people to be way upside down. Right. You know, and COVID, Lord, the loans getting COVID, they were checking your employment the day of closing. The lenders were Mm -hmm. verifying employments, verifying everything. And if there was any change, they would not make that loan. 
Right. Yep. Anyways, and as as the market continues to change and, and people may have time, I would advise every real estate professional, realtor or real estate agent to read and know your contracts mm-hmm. because you should always read and know your contracts anyways. And we train that to our blue in the face at the Wilson Group. But because it's been quite frenetic, I feel like a lot of people have just been writing offers willy-nilly without knowing truly what's in that contract. So Mm -hmm. I would take the time now to really get to know what's in your contracts, what's in your disclosure, so that you can really be specific with your buyers and your sellers. Right. Yeah. Sellers, you know, could have been told in the past that they could get out of their contract if they didn't like you know, what a buyer's um, going to find or maybe something during inspection. And and you just have to be really specific about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like at the Wilson Group, we've been really, really careful on, you know, negotiating for our buyers and negotiating for our sellers and knowing what's what and being confident to hold the party's feet to the fire, mm-hmm. whether we represent them or whether someone wants out of a contract and they don't have a legitimate excuse. You know, it's, I I feel like we've been very good about coaching our clients. Right. To a successful uh, closing. So knowing the state of the real estate market, which is why you're listening to this podcast, the moving up podcast talks about the state of the real estate market often. And that's why we're talking about this shift right now. You have to pay attention, guys, read, listen, pay attention Get out with as many clients as you can and talk to your real estate colleagues about what's happening, what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Preview homes, watch your hot sheets. There's so many things you can be doing right. to watch and understand the state of the market. I, I feel like most agencies train their agents and give training. Go to those trainings, mm-hmm. talk to your broker, take classes, do all the things you need to do to really educate yourself on the state of the market. Right. I second that. I mean, it, we can't be experts in every part of town, but you can pick a few that maybe it's close to where you live, close to where you like to be, and look at the listings every single day. Truly look at them. Yep. Become and, a market become yeah. a market expert Commit in to that. some neighborhood. That's right. And, you know, as agents, we are constantly battling misconceptions or misperceptions of what's happening in the market because for instance the sellers today and the buyer a lot of the buyers today too like uh the buyer may be thinking I don't want to even make an offer because I know there's gonna be 20 on there and the seller's belief is oh I'll be getting 20 offers Mm -hmm. and I can say for fact the last four listings I had we have not had multiple offers we've gotten the sellers gotten what they wanted for the price which was list price but they were very disappointed that there wasn't 20 offers and then it didn't bid up. But this is the nature of the market of where they're mm-hmm. going. And keep in mind, I say all this, we were priced aggressively. Mm-hmm. It's not like we were underpriced. We were priced aggressively, but just not out of reach of what was reality. Right. Either. Wrapping this up, to give my top five tips maybe on this shifting market, number one, watch closely what happens in September. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be right back at it, or are we just in that what I call the black hole of summer? July and August always slows down, and because of school, people being just 
buyer weary, or is this a or is this a real trend? So really pay attention as we move into the fall months. What's happening? Number two, this is the perfect time to be reaching out. This goes hand in hand with understanding the state of the market. Be able to reach out with confidence mm-hmm. to people you have been incubating over the past year, in addition to your regular database. Right. Talk to them about what's happening, whether this is through your email marketing or whether it's picking up the phone or whether it's a email or a text. Somehow communicate to your client base and the people you want in your client base what's going on in the state of the market. And number three, expectation management. We'll, we can't, we say it till we're blue in the face, manage the expectations of the buyers and sellers. And as a realtor, don't get discouraged. Mm-hmm. If the market, you're, if it's starting to slow down and you're going, ah, what am I doing? Well, now's a great time to work on your personal branding, your marketing, getting ready for the holidays. They will be on us before we know mm-hmm. it. They always sneak up on me. Now is a great time to plan and prep for your successful fourth quarter. Right. So all that, Heather, is there anything you want to say to bring it home? You know, I I, I feel like I need to kind of go back and apologize to tire kickers just one more time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I think we can be a little bit hard on them sometimes, but truly I will say I did learn a lot from them. Yes. I did. I I learned a lot and it it gives you a lot of exposures. So um, not to be hard on them, but definitely know how to, how to, put up your parameters and rules with them to kind of lead them on a good path. But, but you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot. And I say to new agents out there too, if you're listening, role playing, if you don't even have a tire kick or anyone to put in your yeah. car, grab a friend, grab one of your colleagues in your office, or maybe it's somebody you learned, you met at real estate school who went to a different office mm-hmm. and go look at properties together, role play. Okay. You'll be the buyer today. I'll be the agent. I'll be the buyer tomorrow. You be the agent. And let's practice. You cannot get enough practice until you have that client to work with. What you can do is educate yourself solo by learning about what's going on in the market by talking to your other agents in the office. So on that, I'm going to say cheers to everyone and go get them. Yes. See you next time, Heather. See ya. The Wilson Group Real Estate Services is one of Nashville's top premier boutique real estate firms. We specialize in working with buyers and sellers for housing, investment, and commercial needs, as well as offering a full-service property management division for your investments. Check out our website today at wilsongrouprealestate.com. Hey, if you're loving the show, go find that little follow button on your podcast app. This will ensure you won't miss a single episode. Until next time.